0: You got it like done Rodeo Radio.
1: Hey, Tony, drop that. What, please? I bet. Dr. Trey in the place to be. co rocking shit with my homeboy Steve. After Rhodium, get stupid, dumb. Yo think that you can get none of tray? The motherfucking doctor, the
0: bitch hop up The sucker motherfucking stop up I'm fucked up, so don't mind what I'm
1: saying I'm just kicking it with Steve, Tony, yeah, yeah, Susan, yo, we should choose it. Don't shit to put in the mix, you know what I'm saying? We kick shit like and and Call That's a fact, and if your shit ain't in the mix, you know it's whack And that ain't no bullshit I'm kicking facts on a serious tip. Word up Doctor trades in full effect, doing serious damage. Boy.
0: Welcome back everybody to Rodian Radio episode 156 with part two of uh, B-Real from Cypress Hill. So uh, before I introduce him, uh, a couple of announce- announcements I wanna make. Once again, if you wanna submit your music, submit it to Radio at gmail.com and uh, submit us with uh, music, uh, videos, a short bio, whatever you wanna submit it with, uh, Radio at gmail.com. For those of you that wanna buy hats, merch, uh sweaters whatever you, tank tops go to documixery.com and there you will find everything you need and i want to give a shout out to jen from fashion town blessed to be with this shirt much love much respect to him so without further ado please allow me to introduce be real cypress hill what's up my brother
1: what's up thanks for having me back papa
0: thank you papa i'm glad you're here man you know um Sometimes I don't like talking to my guests before the interview because sometimes we get some of the best shit out. Right. We were just talking about the UFC fights. Oh,
1: yeah. So. Crazy. (laughs) Um, You know, what we were talking about was how the prelims were were off the fucking chain. Like, for you know, most of the time you just want to get the fucking prelims over. But they had a lot of good fights in the prelims. And a lot of it was you know, Chinese against Mexican fighters for right. some crazy reason, but um, they were fucking entertaining, bro. And, and it, it kept people fucking lit for, for that time, like getting, you know, ready for the amp for the main event. And this was the first main event that they were going to have like people in there. I think there was, it was a sold out show in, in Orlando or Tampa or wherever they were throwing it. But the main fights, crazy right so a lot of people were hyped up on the masvidal uh camaro uzman fight right and they had masvidal coming in as the underdog um but he looked good initially right but man this right hand came (laughs) and put my dude Lights out. Lights out. And you know what was cool about that is that dude is like a good sportsman because that dude comes from like the the Kimbo Slice street fight, oh, yeah. you know, um, he comes from that world coming into MMA, right? So he ain't never been knocked out, like he had never been finished like that. But homeboy fucking put his <laughs> lights out. But he came out with some class about it, you know, it's like, hey man, you know, homeboy, all respect, he has my number, he, you know, he, he got me, um, I never got put out like that, he showed me something he didn't show me in the first fight, respect. And then homeboy, you know, Camaro showed him respect, it was, it was, it was kind of tight, I didn't expect that, because they had both been popping a whole lot of shit.
0: Right, right.
1: Leading up to, you know what I mean, they did not like each other, but after that they were they you know they showed each other some respect which was cool
0: yeah that's dope you know you know what that reminds me of and i I should have seen them but i was actually working on music uh that reminds me of actually my old neighborhood when back in the day if you had an issue with someone you take it up with them whoever gets the best of who guess what you help that guy up, have a beer and it's squashed
1: that's right man up that's it you know what i mean shit i in my time, man, we used to throw the gloves on on Fridays. No shit. Yeah, and just like whoever had issues, you 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 put them out that day. But sometimes our OGs would be like pairing us up just to oh. make sure we knew how to you know we knew how to handle ours, man. And right, every right. Friday, never failed. Gloves would come on. Yeah, that'll it, be dope, man. But it, but see, but that's that's the thing, man. Um, motherfuckers don't know how to take a you know, a fair one anymore. You right, know they right. Their ego and their pride gets involved and they uh, always have resentment yeah. for this motherfucker. I'm going to get him when he don't expect it. Right, You right. know, even though it was a fair one. And right. I think the art of the fair one is, is lost these days, <laughs> except for in the fucking gladiator sports. Right, right. Like boxing and, and MMA and all that shit that's, that's tied up around that. Any sort of gladiator type sport they you know they may not have they may not like each other but they show sportsmanship in you know the beef is right there in the ring it ain't going outside of that right they right. they take their beat down you know
0: you know the sad thing is because this generation what i've seen and i'm not saying this about everyone but the few that i have seen they've turned that street fighting into internet banging
1: yeah finger bangers <laughs> You know what That's what a good saying? one. That's a good one. Yeah, you yeah. know, they're clicking on their keys, finger bagging. You know, what
0: I'm you know I, I was telling you earlier that uh, I'm one of the few guys that still takes pride in ironing. Yeah. So every time I iron, <laughs> I always watch your show. <laughs> you know, I got my Blanchard right there and I'm just like, you know, That's doing right. my shirts or whatever. And, you know, I always hang them out with my white tees and my, my dickies or whatever. But I watch you and for a couple of times I noticed you mentioned something that I've been wanting to ask you. What is blue chew?
1: Okay, <laughs> that's one of the sponsors of our show. It's, uh, it's a new sponsor, right? We got CBD Lion and Blue Chew. Blue Chew is a new form of Viagra, apparently. No shit. Yeah, so they just pop it in, chew it. And then you do it. And then you do it, <laughs> chew it and do it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then, you know, like I tripped out, you know, because what we do, you never know who's gonna come and say, hey, we wanna be a sponsor of right. the show, right? but uh you know they hit us up and we're like all right it
0: but now do you have any samples so we could pass them around while they're doing
1: you know what next time i come bring a bag of those motherfuckers like tic tacs dog (laughs) get shit shit cracking with that blue chip so
0: so so they sponsor you guys so can they order from you guys or
1: yeah they have like an online fucking deal where you know you tell them whatever your fucking little shit is and you know <laughs> they fucking prescribe as needed okay and and they get down like that man so
0: order blue chew first you chew it and then you do it okay
1: chew it and do it
0: so now uh um, screw it
1: <laughs>
0: how long now have you been uh having your podcast going because i know you guys go five days a week
1: yeah um for for well shit we've been broadcasting live streams uh for about 12 years right we wow. started off on stickam with uh, it, it, it was an evolution right we started off as the 420 show okay and uh i thought that was just real generic you know what i mean and I, and I started thinking about coming into the cannabis game with the dr green thumb shit so i said you know what i'm gonna fucking you know um push off that 420 show shit and flip it to the Dr. Green Thumb show. So, for the first two, three years of 4, 420 show, and then when I when I took the show from Chatsworth to downtown, I flipped it to Dr. Green Thumb, and we were doing live streams on you know Stickm on Be Real TV and uh, Facebook and you know those those particular platforms. And uh, I think it was live live chat or live stream or something like this, right? and uh we just started growing up our audience from that point you know like people that fuck with cypress hill or my solo shit or psycho realm or anything that we had something to do with like soul assassins they would all come to this place to get whatever information whether we're playing music or telling them about shows or rocking stories whatever the fuck right and eventually we flipped it to the Doctor Green Thumb podcast because we saw that that's where everywhere was going. Yeah. And the Doctor Green Thumb show was cool, but you know, it wasn't as as uh, random as we do it now. You know, we tried to like segment it like radio and shit like that, and uh, it was cool, but it was a whole lot to do, and you know, we weren't even sure the segments were really working. So we said, you know what, Fuck it, we're gonna clear the table. And we're just going to fucking do it podcast style and let it be random. And that show, like the smoke box, caught, like the smoke box caught for us immediately because it's so different. But, you know, the podcast, because of our random conversations, as you, right. as you listen uh, occasionally, fucking, you know, sometimes it gets people going because it's shit people can relate to.
0: Right. I mean, like today, I couldn't believe that uh, Bobo doesn't like guacamole or tomatoes. Yeah.
1: He'll eat the shit out of a ketchup packet. If you put a ketchup packet in front of it, he'll suck that shit down like it's like protein or something, right? (laughs) But no tomatoes, no guac. Dude, you know what, when he was
0: here, much love, much respect to Bobo. We got fucked up that night, dude. Put it this way, I'm not going to lie, I never even wanted to go back and look at that episode (laughs) because I I was telling a story and then all of a sudden I go, where was this going?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, he could go. He used to, like, back in our day, bro, when when we were, um, you know, touring everywhere all the time, we'd rarely see home. We were partying up a fucking storm on the road, you know, we were tossing it up. Yeah. So Sendog and Bobo, they, you know, they, they like drinking beers and shit like that. I never really, you know, got into the beer so much. I was always either the whiskey or the tequila shots or whatever. Right. But either way, we were always mixing it up. And we'd get fucking ripped. And and I stopped getting so ripped because, like, you know, I cannot do a show fucked up. Right. right. I could be high as fuck. I won't forget anything. I'll Like, it'll be right there the way it's supposed to be too many drinks I'll forget the first line of any song and then it's gone from there like it's into the fucking void somewhere so I stopped partying like that for a while and but these guys bro they were fucking animals with that shit and so they got a, a good tolerance to fucking right. drink like he can definitely outdrink me right right because that was a, a you know that was a thing man it was either the he would either have the wine or the fucking hard shit or the beers i would only just have the whiskey and sometimes the wine right but uh yeah right. those those guys can go man mugs is a dude who can go bro we just oh, had shit. him on i don't know if you you saw that episode yeah, yeah. but we had a, a gentleman's jack bottle there that that godfather from wwe brought because mm-hmm. he can go too. yes he can really go but mugs could go too bro he fucking polished off like three quarters of that fucking bottle we're God. like damn <laughs> i can still got it because his drink of choice was always jack daniels you know what i'm oh, saying Oh shit! so when we had that gentleman's jack there that shit is way smoother than yeah, that fucking yeah. jack yeah. devil he polished that shit down i was like he still got it
0: you know what the drinks that i i cannot stand man are the ones that are creepers they taste yeah. so good oh this isn't shit yeah no, they're cool before you know it like this yes this <laughs> motherfucker will have your head spinning like hey wait what the fuck happened yes
1: yeah, the sugar yeah you know what i mean like like you know what did that to me a couple times because i used to drink this shit a lot when i was drinking a lot was uh um what you call it long island iced teas oh yeah those because there's fucking, what seven different Forms of alcohol in that bitch, right. right? Right. So you have too many of those, you're fucked because there's a lot of alcohol, but the sugar content in that shit dehydrates you. Yes. And then you fucking get those spins, like you know, you're in space, bro. You're an astronaut launched, and that <laughs> shit is just. Whoa, 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 whoa. Nah, man, I cannot fuck with that. Right. right. I, I used to, and I put myself through it unnecessarily, but. Right. That's the shit right there that'll launch you. Those those drinks like Long Island's like these right here, man. Right, right. Unassuming, they taste great, and then, mmm, mm, toma, toma. <laughs> like you
0: know what? When you walked in, you right away said the SB 1200. Now, there's probably something, but uh, well, there's something about you that possibly the fans do not know is that you produce or you're, you dabble in the drum machine.
1: Yeah, for a minute I was I was. Uh, chopping up beats. I learned on the SB1200 and then went over onto the MPC. And I chopped um, on our Rise Up album for Cypress Hill. There wasn't a lot of that produced by DJ Muggs. There was maybe a couple of songs. And I took um, the production role on. I didn't produce all the songs. We did something different there where, you know, I sort of farmed different different uh, beats from different producers and it was something we hadn't done before so i figured you know that would be something different something different some cool but to me in the end i wish it had only a, had been me and mugs doing that or right. mugs and i for proper grammar's sake um because there would have been a, a a bigger vibe on it like with me you know we learned this early on with with mugs and 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 all of our crew is a cohesive record is the most important thing you could have, which means having a sound, right? Yeah. And you cannot have a sound if you have fucking ten different producers. Very true. Know what I mean? It, you have a sound when you have one, because he's developing that sound for you as you're going and you're tailor making your shit to whatever the, the beats are that he's providing, like Dre has a sound. Yes. Premiere, Pete, Rock, Muggs, Rizza, and all the greats, right? right. And uh, for that particular album, we didn't necessarily have a sound. It was like a gumbo of shit. But I produced um, maybe like uh, four songs on that one. And then I was producing like shit for Demrick, you know, on on his first mixtape. And then I did, then I was doing a little shit here and there. You know, I love chopping and I love DJing. A lot of people didn't know that. But in in secret, I would constantly be chopping it up with the homeboy uh, Jay Turner, rest in peace. Him and I would be like just locking in in my studio, chopping beats, fucking all day, smoking out, drinking, chopping beats. So I got a library like you you were talking about, how you yeah. got all this all this stuff from the '90s and, and you know the different parts where you you produced and shit, and you got those beats just right. locked right. I got the same thing. I got a bunch of beats that some of them I produced like in my head fully, right. that are ready to go to people right now or for me to use them. Um, and then I got some that are on the on the block that like I never finished. You know what I mean? Like right. un, unfinished joints and shit like that. Some I never even tracked because what could what we would do is. We chop them, if we liked them, we tracked them.
0: Right, right.
1: You know what I mean? We didn't like just put them on a hard drive because we didn't want to lose anything. Right. So we were constantly chopping and then loading onto the system. So I got a bunch of shit like that. Uh, some of it I, I use here and there, some of it, you know, it's just locked in the vault. But yeah, man, I always had a uh, an enthusiasm for turntablism and, and production. So, that's dope, that's yeah. dope. Yeah, you know, Fred Rec- would give me yeah. pointers, mugs every now and then, and and others that I admired. I was I was fortunate to have good teachers. Yeah,
0: same here. You know, I wanted to ask you something because I know that uh, um, you know you uh, you did production. Uh, um, you have you know the the people around you that that have blessed you with you know showing like what you just been saying, giving you tips. Same here. Uh, one thing that I wanted to touch on was uh, I wanted to talk about. Hip hop, the four elements of hip hop. We were having a show, and I guess you tapped in, and somebody was saying how hip hop has saved his life, and then you had commented, "Hip hop saved us all," or "Hip hop saved all of our lives in yeah. a sense." Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: Now, when we when we say the word hip hop, we know that the four elements of hip hop is uh, DJing, right? uh emceeing, right? Uh, uh, breaking or dancing, right? Uh, and graffiti, right? Okay. Now, th- those four elements, that is, it's a safe to say a culture, and rapping is what, what you do?
1: Yeah, I would say that is the culture as a whole, right? Right. And it's become more than that. And what we do is, you know, part of that culture, a branch yes. from that culture, right? So, you know, hip hop is, is something that we actually live because we do it, Right. we're immersed in it, we love it. And, um, you know we all have different you know lanes in it right as djs as mcs as artists as as uh dancers as mcs you know but now it's expanded into producers songwriters uh backup dancers and and uh you know just it it it, it sort of unfolded in a way that unfolded in a way that it expanded and created other lanes for other folks that maybe didn't do the DJing. maybe they didn't you know wasn't really going to be an mc or you know or uh or from a b-boy crew or 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 any of that shit. but because they they love it and support it they found a lane within it right and that's the cool thing about hip-hop because they didn't no one ever thought one it was going to last two that it would become one of the the top selling genres in all music yes And for it to create all these different lanes, because now you have photographers, videographers, um, you know, people of all different fucking backgrounds working within the hip hop culture, you know what I mean? And that's big. Nobody saw that fucking coming. And and for us that have lived it all this time, you have to embrace it because this is the fruits of your labor, you know, everybody that worked towards making this what it is. Right. You know, yeah, we're all trying to make our own way and make a living for sure, but what we do individually works, you know, it works for the culture right. as a whole, and I think everybody's done a fucking great job. No matter if you like the the face of what hip hop is now or you loved what it was before, Right. it's evolved so many times and it's going to keep evolving. You'll never keep it one way. But that's the, that's the greatness of right,
0: it. Right, right. You know, uh, and, and one thing that I, I will say is that for me, when I first interviewed, and I learned from a lot of people um, that I interviewed. For an example, I had Violet Brown here. I had uh, Lonzo from the World Class Record Crew, Clydesdale, yep. uh, Arabian Prince, Calvin Anderson, the owner of VIP Records. So I had a lot of greats in here. And I asked them all this one question at different times. When hip hop first came in, when rap and you guys were in the industry what were people saying and they all had one common answer that it's a fad and it won't be here you know for in a couple of months or maybe even a year it right won't, won't be here that long but it's been here now since the beginning now yeah
1: since what 76 yeah. 77 or something like yeah, that o- august
0: eleventh, nineteen 1973
1: cool first yeah 73 party. Shit, <laughs> all crazy good, huh? <laughs> right but that's that's always the thing right you know People that that did hip hop back then, to where where it always inv- it it evolved to was street people, people yeah. that lived in our, you know, the neighborhoods we come from. No matter where it was at, whether it was in New York or or L.A. Right, and it's a voice, it's a platform for people from where we come from. Yes, and to talk about the struggles, and shit like that, or the good times, right, that we're having within the struggles. You know, right. like. Be having an optimistic look at it, right? You know, but either way, it, it was something that uplifted and educated people and inspired people. Yes, yes. And and you know, to 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 see where it's gone, to where you know we were like th- where the hip hop genre was the stepchild of all punk and hip hop were looked at, looked down upon. Yeah. And punk and hip hop have so much shit in common. Mm-hmm. Other than you know, aside from the music, obviously this you know, the style of music that comes out, but yeah. the angst, the the need to rebel, the need to fucking tell the truth and call shit out, both punk and hip hop did that. You know, it's just that it, hip hop I think connected in a way that punk never could. Right, right. You know what I mean? And, and, and punk eventually did connect, and there's there's punk pop and all that shit, but. Right. Right. Um, Hip hop was the voice of, of the kids in the streets, man. Right, you right. know, and, and uh it's it's powerful, it's a powerful voice. And the fact that now it went from the stepchild to being like, hey, fuck all y'all. Right, right. It's 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 a testament to our stories. Yes. You know, it, not just one story of any artist, but like all our stories. Yes. You know?
0: Yes. You know, and I know I'm speaking for both of us as well that I'm sure we have lost some friends along the way. I'm, I'm 53 years old, okay. And when I say we lost some friends, a lot of our friends gotten killed with some hood yeah. banging shit. True that. Okay? And me, started off with pop locking, and from there it evolved into DJing. And this, believe it or not, is what kept me off the streets, staying at home, wanting to perfect that perfect scratch, you know, that perfect blend, so that one day I know when my mom would let me go out, you know, that I can rock the fucking party. Right. You know, uh, and uh, that's when I say hip hop saved my life because this is one of the elements of hip hop. Yeah. So this is what kept me off the street and rapping and producing as well for you is what.
1: That got me off. Because yeah. realistically, you know, I was banging at the time when, when um, Muggs and Sen and Mello, were getting there we're we're were, um trying to get mellow a deal and and 783 had gotten their deal we knew mugs before he was in 783 Mm. but that was his first in and with that in he was trying to get mellow in and and whatnot i was like banging right you know straight up and uh they knew i had a capability to write you know that was my connection into the culture i mean you know we were MCs. um It was a hobby, but like for a minute I broke away and I started doing this other shit while they stood with it. And uh, when they came to me, it was at the point where they had already done the stuff with 783. Now it was, they were working on mellow shit. and They asked me to come write a song, which was River Cubanos, right? Yeah. And then I ended up writing something else, I think it was Tacapella, and I wrote that and I realized, oh shit, I could still, you know, I could still write. I wasn't rapping on it, but I knew I could still get down. So that sort of piqued my interest back into, you know, getting into it. it was like because I had spent this all this time, like straight up banging, you know, um, and and uh, you know, when you're indoctrinated, man, you ain't seeing shit else,
0: right? Because
1: I used to fight them on. It. I'll come back, come to the studio. With, nah, man, what am I gonna do, man? Right. Gonna make no money doing that shit i'm in the hood you know doing this and that and they're like come on man what you got to lose and finally i don't know what happened but I, I was like all right you know what i'll go in there with y'all and see what it's about and you know again i wrote those two songs and it, it wasn't that hard and i thought "Fuck, this shit sounds pretty good maybe i'll spend more time with these dudes again and and you know try to get back into the music and slowly but surely it reeled me out because that's when mugs came back he was kind of like, um, you know, he didn't necessarily love the direction of where 783 was going, and uh-huh. he he didn't have a lot of input, and he didn't like that shit. So he loved those guys, but he didn't like the fact that he didn't have the input okay. that, because he felt his shit was important. And I don't think, you know, he he was ready to hold back anymore, and he knew that doing some shit with us, right? he could do it exactly the way he envisioned it, and we would go with it. So, you know, he he pulled me to the side and said, hey, let's do something. Cause Sen was still kind of uh, rocking with his brother at this point, doing hype man work for for Melo. And so me and Muggs started working together and then we eventually pulled Sen Dog in and and we started making it happen. So I started taking the shit more serious, you know, because I knew Muggs was serious. He's not a dude that's gonna be pulling you you know, into some shit without thought. You know what I mean? Right. He's not gonna waste his time, or your time, but more importantly, his time.
0: Right. Right. You know what right. I mean?
1: So it's like, hey, Luke, come on, let's do this, and blah blah blah. You know, we'll get send dog and and so I made the decision right there, and that shit did save me because at the point <laughs> that I was at before they come and got came and got me, you know. A lot of my homies were were locked up at the time. Some of the shot caller homies and shit like that, and some of a some of us young bucks were on the street. So at that point, you know, somebody's gonna get the task of okay, now you're you're running this this situation for right. us right now until so and so comes out. We're putting this shit in your hands, and it was very close to that point. And if I had got to that point. I would not have been able to pull out yeah because it's you know you know how it is when they they're saying okay this is what it is yeah now you're committed on a whole other fucking level so you know i was right there yeah when these dudes came with hey come fuck with this music so yeah. it was like a, a crazy time yeah and i chose up with the music and that you know saved your life saved my life because it's you know the the old stories right prison or the grave or the wheelchair yeah and that's and that's, that's it that's the, your only is the reality of it you know some motherfuckers are lucky and they come out unscathed but i wasn't that type of dude i knew i didn't have that luck i had already been shot i come from a line of motherfuckers that were cursed like this my father shot 12 times my brother rest in peace he was shot three times i was lucky with one you know what I mean? But it was it was down the line like that. So I knew, okay, if, if I'm gonna stick with this shit, I better be good. Yeah. Because I, I already know what, what the path is if I'm gonna stay in this. So, you know, the music, godsend.
0: That's dope, that's dope. We're gonna go ahead and press pause right there. And uh, we're gonna go ahead and come back uh, after a 10 minute break. And uh, I wanna talk a little bit about uh, the ultimate breaks and beats and how I feel they changed hip-hop out here in the West Coast. I have a little story I want to share with you. Yeah. So once again, everybody, call somebody, take somebody, slap the shit out of somebody, and let them know that B-Real from Cypress Hill is in the motherfucking building. We'll be back in 10 minutes. Welcome back everybody to Rodion Radio episode 156. See if you, who remembers, just be right here. That's right. Just a little simple shit, man. Simple. This motherfucker will have me rocking it and all motherfuckers. Banging. banging like as, a motherfucker. As simple as it was, it was banging. You know, back in the day, we probably would have said to, our, to ourselves, this is some gangster shit.
1: Yeah, for sure. Like Woo. you could hear NWA on that.
0: Yes, yes. Know what I'm yes. saying? I want to ask you, B. Uh... Our, our boy Larry, right here, is our bartender today. How are your drinks so far?
1: Fuck, top notch, bro. That, 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 uh, when doves cry, that shit is the lick. Uh, oh, shit, it is. Right? Yeah. i trying to tell you. Damn.
0: It's about to have me crying. <laughs> mm. Then he made us um, a little shot. Larry, Larry yes, what's the name of this shot?
1: That's, uh, Pomparindo Melon Shot.
0: Pomparindo Melon Shot. I'm just gonna take a little sip, so.
1: That's the business right man, there. Yeah, that motherfucker's strong, too. You got all the drinks, Tony. Mm. Fuck. I just <laughs> I wish
0: we had you for five hours, V. So, but we got to keep it pushing. With that being said, okay. Uh, we were talking about the four elements of hip-hop. I got just a quick story that I want to share with you that um, it, it means a lot to me because, you know, Steve, I met Steve when I was 11 years old, okay? And, um one thing about steve he gave me my first job um i've been knowing him pretty much all my life and you know he passed away several years ago so i rest took the initiative in peace, rest in peace took the initiative to do a documentary so that his name would and his legacy would continue to live on we started, we named this podcast after rhodium radio it's not about me it's about what he did for the culture and i believe that the rhodium Swami is a cornerstone i'm not you know i'm not saying that's where hip-hop started obviously not a cornerstone to west coast hip-hop
1: for real that's true
0: yes in 1987, I started doing the mixtapes for him. He asked me, you know, would you take over? Dre asked me as well. They were He was about to start doing the um, NWA, the Eazy-E stuff. And he brings to me some records, and uh, I'll show them right here. Everybody knows, because I brag about them. The oh, Ultimate yeah. Breaks and Beats. Oh, yeah. Okay, these are the original vinyls. Essentials. Yeah, so he brought me doubles of, of all of them. And uh, what happened was, I asked them, you know, because the, the the covers, you know, were, were so unique, you know? Yeah. They were, like, somebody had bombed on them or like something. Like graffiti,
1: yeah, yes. hip hop shit.
0: Yes, exactly. So I asked them, like, um, I said, w- w- you know, w- w- what records are these? Because I didn't recognize them. And he says, well, you know what, here's what it is. He said, in the West Coast, he says, only you and Dre have them. And I said, really? And he goes, yeah. He goes, I ordered them from a guy named Lenny, rest in peace, uh, uh, who went into business with Breakbeat Lou, and they're the ones who put these compilations together, and they're made for DJs. Right. You know, so when Dre caught wind of them, he paid Steve and told them, uh, do not sell them yet. Let me sample them, Yeah. okay? So he went ahead and paid them, and Dre goes, uh, Steve says, I'm gonna let you hold on, I'm gonna hold on to them for about a month without selling them until that month is over, he samples everything, and then I'll go ahead and start selling them or whatever. So, when I started listening to him, you know, I didn't recognize him because they were new to me, 1987. So when I heard the NWA album, 90% of that was-
1: From those breakbeats. From those
0: breakbeats. So now, you know what? One thing I asked breakbeat Lou, and I know he's a very humble guy. I said, when I interviewed him here for the documentary, I said, Lou, if you would have never put those records together. Dre would have never. Uh, Steve would have never had them. Steve would have never given to Dre. It's possible that West Coast hip hop probably would have sounded differently.
1: Right. Absolutely. I mean, because it did before that. Yeah. It, it was. It, it was more programmed on um, on the TR 808s and you know um, drum machines like that. Right. There wasn't necessarily so many breaks. Right in New York, there was because they were you know advanced in comparison, right? Right. But we weren't using brakes yet, and not until Dre got right. his hands on those. Right.
0: Now let me play for you one of his favorite break records, and for me it became uh, one of mine. i like, let me make sure. Yup. We all recognize that shit. Oh yeah. You know. And uh, uh, the first song that comes to mind. Dana of Fame, right? But this was one of Dre's favorite all-time breaks. And then we hear where uh, this part comes in, and then you hear Steady B. Yes, Steady B. That's right.
1: You know, doing a bit.
0: Yes. So as I started hearing, I'm like, these motherfuckers are dope. And then you, all you gotta do is skip a little bit, and then you hear another one.
1: You know so you know what those those records were like the foundation yes of early hip-hop because yes. you know dre caught on to him but then all the other producers after him yes. caught on to him once once they get down and, and you could probably you know you could probably bet that 85 to 95 percent of the hip-hop that was made in that time after these records all of it had samples from these guys and then when they had been exhausted Right, like when they put out as many breaks and everybody's using sort of the same breaks as the foundation of their songs, that's when guys started digging in the crates yes. and like finding breaks that weren't on those particular records.
0: Right, right.
1: And, but those were the initials right there. Right. You're absolutely right. Hip hop in the West Coast would have probably had a different sound had it not been for those fucking breaks, these right. records.
0: See, see if you recognize some of these. And if you do, see if you can name. Shit. Okay. I was there when Dre sampled that and you guys can look it up and use that for a remix for Michele and yeah. the song was called Nasty. Nasty,
1: Yeah. That's crazy. Watch it. And then the beat
0: kicks in. Yep. That shit is hard, right there. There yeah. it is, right, right there. there. Yup, and that was a banger. Hell yeah, hell yeah. They slapped it out the park. Who, who didn't like Normal Lies? Yeah. You know, Well, Let me play one more. See if you remember this one.
1: I feel like the Jungle Brothers used this. Too. Yes.
0: See now. Lou tells me the story, and he tells me the story in this room. He says that Cool Herc told him the story. That Cool uh, uh, Herc would just take those little break parts and just repeat them over again.
1: Yeah, he'd run them in the party. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
0: And then the little Latino kids would come out and start break dancing. Yeah. And that's where, according to him, what Cool Herc said that's where the name break dancer got. His name from yeah
1: from the brakes from the brakes from those little spots in the brakes yes and then you know I think what happens after that is is uh, you know Grandmaster Flash creates the marks yes you know to those breaks yeah so he knows where the points of the the breaks begin
0: oh I got to show you
1: something um, okay. it, it's crazy the evolution of it
0: yes I saw where. <laughs> And this is really what blew my mind and what made me want to try scratching. I saw, I don't know if it was a documentary or just a little clip where he is pretty much showing uh, what scratching is. Right. And he said, it's just going forward and back, forward and back. So he started. Yeah. And I was
1: like, holy shit. The whole new, like the world opened up. Yes.
0: And then he starts, you know, he rocks my world when he starts, I'm like, "How in the hell is he doing that?" Obviously, the volume.
1: Yes. Yeah. Forward,
0: back, forward, back. You know. Yeah. So, I, I, as a kid, you know, I'm a teenager, and I'm like,
1: "Okay, I'm sold." I, I want to do that.
0: Yes, I want to do that. And he made
1: it look so fucking effortless, <laughs> it, especially with what they had at that time. They didn't have shit compared to what we oh, got now.
0: Come on, man.
1: Speak on. Okay. Imagine. Imagine like the shit they would have done because they were already um, pioneering the way that this would go.
0: Yes, yes.
1: I wonder what they think about today's technology, those guys, like, you know, Herc and and, uh, Flash and and Grand Wizard Theodore and those guys, man. Yes.
0: Well, I'll tell you what I think. I honestly be, I have a hard time with this generation of technology. It's great. I love it. We need it. But you know what, I almost feel like, n- with today's technology, now anybody can do it.
1: Yeah, you know, that is that is the thing. Well, there's people that can do it, because, you know, maybe they have a natural ability, they got an ear. Right. And they, they have the capacity to learn fast, right? But there's other motherfuckers who can't do it, <laughs> yet they are trying to do it and doing right. it, right? And those are the guys or chicks that need to, like, you know go to the school that, that is provided yes. to learn how to DJ properly right? and get your fucking foundation right. Because right. there's a lot of motherfuckers out there that DJ with no foundation at all because of technology. It it allows you to fast forward and skip steps. right? But realistically, you can't really rock a party if you don't know those fucking steps. So, you know, you're just playing records at That's that it. point. Pushing buttons. Pushing buttons, playing records. But you see the people that that actually do the homework when you see them on there and they're doing some amazing shit. Like, for instance, DJ Lord, right? He's a old. He he's he's um roughly around our age, maybe just maybe um a couple years younger. I'm fifty, so he's uh forty nine or something like that. You're right? catching up to me. Yeah, I'm catching. <laughs> I'm right there. Papa. Come on, come um, on. but he comes from that generation where he started on vinyls. You know um, what I mean? Like doing all like all the DMC shit, right? right. He, he's a DMC champ, much like Muggs. Right. But what I noticed about him that's different than DJs from that time that that stay, you know, locked into the old school style is he did his he did his math. Like him and, and Mixmaster master Mike and Cubert and them, they do their math on all the new technology shit. Yes. And they flip these different sort of sound tricks and, and even just the turntablism in in a different way, like utilizing the technology, but that's the guys that actually know because they got a real foundation, right? Like you, you, you see some of these other DJs who take their fucking in a you know busting something, and then they see these dudes freaking out. It's like fucking alien shit, R- right? You no, know? but that's right. the thing. They come from having foundation before all this technology, like yourself, Tony G, Julio G. Y'all have a foundation. That if y'all decided, you know what, I'm gonna fuck with this technology along with what I got as my foundation, I'm gonna flip this shit on its head. All you guys have that ability. None of these other motherfuckers have that ability. You know, they can push butts, right? But can they pull off the crazy tricks and right. And be in pocket on these fucking scratches and do all the crazy shit? They can't because they don't have that foundation. They're just playing records. You, you
0: know, uh, one day. I'm gonna throw a and radio party. Well, and I gotta
1: come to that. Yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm coming to that shit. And I'm gonna
0: have this mixer. This mixer was given to my friend. It was given to me by my friend MC Pancho who from the Harbor area city, San Pedro. His mother gave him this. And may his mother rest in peace. He, When I interviewed him, he brought it here. And he said, I wanna give it to you because I know you would take care of it as much as I would. And I wanna, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, DJ with this mixer simply because I know nobody will ask me, let me spin.
1: Yeah, because they won't know what the fuck to do, bro. Like, what's this, where's the buttons? (laughs) Thank you. Where's the buttons? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, we learned off of this shit right
0: here. Exactly, exactly. So with that being said, let's play this. So I'm playing some Ultimate Breaks and Beats. I got 25 copies, and then I hear shit like this. By the way, that's a crackle. And
1: I, you know what? Yep. I mean, these were the gems that the gems. Mm-hmm. You know the ice cold part about it is, but you could take all those break beats, resample them now, and all these kids would flip yes. the fuck out because they ain't never heard no shit like that.
0: And you know what? Uh, I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. Uh, that's what I'm doing. <laughs>
1: As someone should be doing
0: Remember this shit man. Right yeah. This shit is fucking like hard. Ultramagnetic.
1: Yeah, yes. here. Yes. Uh-uh. And <laughs> Just Dice. Yes. I think Just Dice did something with this
0: one. Yes. A lot of people use it. I remember the sample Substitution. My yes, favorite
1: substitution. one. Substitution. That's what, probably one of the most used samples aside from any James Brown sample.
0: Yes. Yes. Now. I'm gonna play you something that's gonna bless your socks off. And um, it's all for this one right here. This one right here, okay?
1: I remember that one. Okay. There's heat on those ones. All the fucking ones you got got heaters on them. Okay, so here we go. Uh, You could probably list about 40 albums that have all those breaks on them. And, and you know what's
0: fun- you know what's funny about djs from our era is that you can play the needle okay you could just put the needle on the record and then you could spin it and then feel when the needle hits the groove Yeah. when it starts right there oh shit. okay now here's my thing i'm gonna ask you who sampled this okay tell me the first person that comes to your mind
1: right. Oh, that's, us. that's- E- EPMD, fuck who else? Maybe Cool J. Tramp has been sampled so many yeah. times, man. You Dude, but no, no, nobody—Salt uh, and Pepper probably were the first. Yes.
0: But nobody did it like you guys.
1: Mugs had a different ear for that Stuffy shit, hats. and I think he found a different version of Tramp. Okay. Right? Because there's like, you know how there's covers of Tramp. Right. So I think he found a different version, at least for the drums. Okay. You know what I mean? But he was all- That's Like the drums to that, he always fucked with. Those are like some of his favorites.
0: Okay. I got a confession I got to make, and I'm kind of embarrassed to admit it to you. But I'm going to admit it, okay? I want to say it was like 1995, and it was a dude that was like begging me. Like, I want you to produce- He knew I sampled a lot. I want you to produce a Cypress Hill track for me. And I was like, "I'm not Mugs. I'm not Cypress Hill. Come on, man. I paid twenty five hundred. Okay, I'll try. So I still have it. Oh, I don't know shit. whatever. I don't know what he did with it. I, I don't think it ever came out. But I did it. He paid me, and uh, here it is. And I'm a little embarrassed. Oh, let me check this out <laughs>
1: here. <laughs> here we go. Here we go.
0: Let me make sure I have it on the right song mode? Yes.
1: I remember this thing. Didn't the fuck Dubious end up using it? I'm not sure. That's your kind of sound. Yeah. Definitely would have fucked with this. Because this is right up the alley right there. Right. So
0: I played it for him. He loved it. And I don't know what I, we tracked it. But I still have the, the drum. You know, the floppy.
1: Yeah, that shit is banging right there. Yeah, I but that's said, your
0: guy's style. I I don't want to take credit for it, but that's your guy's stuff.
1: But that you know, that's definitely something we would have flipped on for sure.
0: That's dope, man. Well, you know what? Uh, I'm glad that I got a chance to admit it to you. <laughs> 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 I hope you're not mad, because I got baby. never,
1: never, never.
0: Okay, let me see what else. I want to play a couple of more. Uh, let me see. Uh, oh shit! This one right here. Let me make sure this is the one. Yeah, here it is, right here. All right. I've been wanting to do this shit for a minute, but I just didn't know who to do it with. Or who. how many
1: volumes did they put out?
0: Twenty-five. Twenty-five. And I had doubles. I had doubles. And fucking uh, Ice Cube took my one of my doubles. Oh no! Of this one. Yeah. Yeah, uh, when he left uh, N.W.A., came to my house, told me I was gonna be a DJ, and then he goes to New York, does uh, America's Most Wanted, and then I never see my records ever again. I saw my B.E.T. and him and Jinx are right there sampling, and those are my motherfucking records right there. Mm-hmm. But I told Jinx the story, and so he knew. But this is the original White Lines.
1: I remember hearing this. Okay, let's live. Let's skip so people can I've got to tell you, they did such a great job in reflipping that.
0: Yes, yes, so,
1: so iconic. Man. Yes,
0: remember this shit right here? Everybody yeah. sample this.
1: Yeah, hell yeah. Whether it was a little break in the song, it was always a break. It was never the lead sample, right? It was always like a little break off part. Remember? Well, that, that, the doing. Doing. that was. Everybody, boom, b- boom. yes, Yeah, fuck yeah. That, Who doesn't man. remember that? Man, that was classic. I remember when that fucking song hit, man. That was, I mean, he, he put, like, rock, Rakim, when he came out, he put rap on its head. I remember seeing this documentary. I think it's called Evolution of Hip Hop. Yes. And they were talking to DMC. And when he, he said when he heard that particular song. Uh-huh. Or, or it might have, it, it could have been another Rakim song, but I think it was that one. He said, I knew we were in trouble because the shift that was happening yes. in style flipping as a rapper, Rakim and Big Daddy Kane were bringing that like that, right? But Rakim, like he cut, him and Big Daddy cut through in such a way that it made the guys before them a little nervous. Like, yes. where are we going to go from here?
0: Now." I, I want to ask you a question. Maybe you may know, because I kind of looked up when that song came out, and then I looked up Rakim's birth date. When he came out with "Ever Be His President," if I'm correct, he was in his late teens.
1: Yeah, he was like seventeen. Yeah, and eighteen, something like that. See, now, but, but when you listen to the song, you don't think you don't think that you don't think that he sounds like a grown ass man. Right, he got a deep ass voice, sounds like a grown ass (laughs) man. He's just a few years older than we are.
0: Oh, man. And and you know what's classic about Eric B. scratching? That back then we could have said he couldn't scratch worth shit, but it matched the style. Yeah. That's what what was so classic.
1: It It wasn't over the top. Right. It wasn't too much. It wasn't over scratched. It was just what the track needed.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah,
1: later on, as DJs progressed and evolved, like, Oh, man, that shit was, I don't know. <laughs> that shit was
0: booty, but, <laughs> yeah. but, but it was dope at the time, though. Yeah, it was dope at the time. Okay, let, let's see what else we have right here.
1: Yo. Oh, shit. Remember this shit? Yeah, EPFD. Yes, It's My Thing. It's My Thing. Man, they smacked it with that. Yes. Are you know that was the thing about new york um groups they had all these fucking breaks before we did so they could pop it off but mm-hmm. once we got a hold of them it was over it was over like Dre, i know express yourself yes came from one of those great beat records because that was right. that was one of the ones on them yes yes and they hit a lick with a lot of those man but yes EPMD, man, that that is one of the dopest, dopest hip hop songs right there, man. Let me see what this one is.
0: And sometimes it just wasn't always like in the beginning. You had to like yeah, you had
1: to wait. You had to wait for the little groove. You know what I'm saying?
0: Okay, I know you know this one.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I remember we used that first part. Uh-huh. Mugs mugs would like just take pieces from everywhere and that little piece right there we'd use as an intro when we were coming on. Oh, no shit? Yeah, and it would go into a different beat. It would go into the um Before Put Your Head Out was a song from House of Pain. Uh-huh. The beat served some part of the beat served as an intro for us to come out along with that that sound, and uh, it would rile motherfuckers up.
0: That you service. were full sound.
1: That's yeah. what that was.
0: Then yeah. it kicks in. This motherfucker was like, everybody
1: done use this shit. Everybody. Yeah. To mm-hmm. use this, and he put some drums behind it, like some smacking ass, you know, programmed yes. drums. And then this shit will come in. This too, right here, yeah. Now to me, this
0: one right here, this one kicked it off for me right here. Watch, when I first heard this one, because I believe this is where part of DJing uh, or like how would you rapping started with beats like this, because we had nothing else.
1: Yep, that's right. From, From DMC them. showed us the way with that shit yes. right there. Right? Yeah. Billy Squire, Big yeah. B's. Then I want the you know who? And did, and. KRS-One with the back in black from AC-ACDC, done, da da yes, yeah.
0: yes, he did that one. Now, I'm gonna tell you who, who I heard this, use this first, okay, Uh Unselfish Lover, Full Force. Oh
1: yeah, <laughs> Unselfish Lover, wasn't that the fucking jam, dog? Full Force had the jams. Yes. yes. What's that one? It's okay, it's okay. okay. Yeah. You guys got, gotta
0: look up Unselfish Lover. Yeah, I unselfish.
1: mean and all Let me start They used to get down with Lisa Lisa and the Cult Jam. Full Force. I think they I think full force were the ones producing Lisa Lisa. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. She still does shows today. Yeah, you know what? A,
0: a couple of people that I know have performed with her. They said she still
1: gets she down. She still gets down, bro. Like um, I think um, fuck she just did a show well before all the covid shit happened she, uh-huh. she had just popped off a couple shows and motherfuckers was raving about them like she still gets down man but full force <laughs> they were they were doing it bro they were no fucking joke they were bro. no joke man they had some jams yeah and they weren't even you know like what, the funny shit about them is they weren't even rappers but they were considered hip-hop yes much like Tour de france i yes. mean uh um crap work crap work yeah
0: yeah, remember when they did numbers, numbers, each Me, Son,
1: She. Sick, one of the sickest jams of the time. Oh my God. That and Looking for the Perfect Beat. Two of the perfect beats. Oh my God, you're taking Man. me back. When okay. you want, if you wanted to pop. Yeah. Those were the jams. Numbers, Perfect Beat, fucking.
0: Here's another one for me. My favorite one out of all those jams. Play at your own risk.
1: Play at your own risk. And in beatbox. <laughs> B-blocks. B-blocks. Art of Noise. Art of Noise. Yes. That shit right there. When that shit came out, the the, the snare on that yes. was so crushing, bro. It, it and, just, and then it stopped.
0: Oh, <Jacob rhymes> <sighs> <sighs> <fish> <hguru> shit.
1: <Yes, damn> <laughs> One of the ice cold jams ever. Right there. That shit but was... But you <gasps> know what was also dope? In that time was, was White White Horse. Or A White horse. Pony. Yeah. yeah. Um, that... That white Horse shit. by laid back, yeah, by laid back. That shit was the business. And when Monifa came back and spit on that, she fucking... She killed it. killed it. She killed it. How could you die? She fucking smashed it, I gotta say. But that... That right there was infectious. It was almost like White Lines. Yes, you it know? was. It had a groove that was just like... You, you couldn't help but fuck with it, you know?
0: Oh, man. Okay, this was the first one. I don't remember who I heard spin this first but this is the first time that I ever heard, the first song that I ever heard of DJ Spin, James Brown, and it was either Tony G or Joe Cooley, and it was this
1: one. Yeah, that was, that was Tony G. Okay. Yeah. And he yeah, was I'm just- That right there, bro. Name Who sampled that hey, first Sound
0: Pepper. Hold on, I'll, so tell, you, I'll tell you right now. Yeah, your kiss that
1: Yeah, Herbie the Love Bug. That's okay. such a fucking groove right there.
0: Dude, dude, I'll
1: be I'll be blasting the fuck out of here. So t- I'll take your man was that the jam.
0: I think so. I will take your man. I think
1: fuck. Oh, it was one of their it was one of their first cuts. Right.
0: Well, let me see. See what else is on here.
1: I wonder if there's a, a number of how many times James Brown got sampled. Oh Like no. a statistic of which one of his records, which one's the most sampled. You know how many of his records in his discography got fucking sampled from? You know what? You,
0: you know what? I always wanted to find out, and I asked Violet Brown to ask for me. Remember that song? I forgot what it's called, but we called it "It's Time."
1: Yeah. I wonder. Hashim how many, from Hashim. Yeah.
0: I wonder how many times platinum that shit went, bro? It had to have
1: been. Yeah. Everybody used it. Everybody used it in a routine <laughs> of some sort. Every like real DJ. Yes. Had that fucking shit in his arsenal, his yes. or her arsenal. Always, that was always there. Cause that's, I mean, what's the BPM? It's 120, right? Right. And for those that don't know BPMs, that's how fast the song is going. Like, <laughs> if you can fucking do the chases and the scratching over that shit, you could do it over anything because it's so fast. Exactly.
0: Okay. Let's see what else. I- okay, I got a confession to make too. Okay, I'm full of confession today. All right, I think these these drinks are making me confess.
1: Break
0: you know Beat they Be- call
1: it truth juice. Yeah, truth juice, truth juice.
0: Breakbeat Lou gave me these uh, on a USB. No shit. So I have them on my laptop, and I just like hell yeah.
1: That's the best, man. That's the best. Because you can't lose them at that point. You know right. what I mean? Like the the problem with vinyls, unfortunately. Was they could be scratched, they could be melted, they could be snatched the fuck up by some motherfucker with, yeah, I mean I remember you know we we had homies that, you know, oh, were kleptos, bro, but they were record collectors too, so like if you took them to a studio session and they seen a bag of records there, chances are they oh. were gonna get sticky fingers and exactly. try to fucking pull them. They were gonna grow legs. Yeah, bro.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> well, those shits are gold.
0: See, if you remember this. I think oh, very deeply. Okay. I think very deeply, yeah. KRS-One. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to go ahead and take another 10-minute break. I'm probably going to finish up the drink, give me another one. Fuck, oh, this is hard. And uh, we're going to come right back up 10 minutes. Let's do it. Okay, it's so the last 30 minutes because I know you got to cut it short. I got to respect your time. Let us begin. Let us begin. <laughs> Let the teacher begin. All good, everybody. Ten minutes, call somebody, Take somebody, slap the shit out somebody, let them know that b reals in the motherfucking buildings And we'll be back ten minutes Next time- Welcome back everybody to Rodion Radio episode 156 And I'm back here once again with b real And we're going through a memory lane with these uh, Ultimate Breaks and Beats vinyl So we're going to go ahead and keep it pushing Get yourself another drink And uh, enjoy the show Cheers <laughs> Cheers
1: Damn it you enjoying your drinks? Hell yeah, come on. <laughs> come on, Todd. You know I am. Come on. Hmm. I'm gonna bring them back
0: hopefully one day when you come back. See, I'm the coming reason back.
1: not hopefully, I'm coming back. Okay, you
0: guys heard it live on Rodian Radio. You heard it live. And the reason why I asked you back because I heard you mention on your show that you were gonna start, you know, doing shit again, you know? Yeah. So I said to myself, okay, I, I, I gotta ask him again before he takes off. Cause once you take off, you're gone for months. So I'm like, I, I gotta take advantage.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I hear that. <laughs> but with that being said, you having a good time, man? Obviously, man, I, you know, I had a good time when I was here last time, I'm having a great time now, you know, it, it feels like home. Dope, dope.
0: And uh, saying that it feels like home, see if you recognize, let me see. Uh, and this one got a little warped. Oh shit right here. Listen to this. Yeah. This was classic. Every B produces on every B's president. That's right. And then um and then the doubles on it. Yes. And then um Yeah. And then who else who flipped it? Wasn't it um was here is one? Cuba?
1: Grand Puba Grand Puba before the Brand Nubians. I think he did one with it, right? Yeah, and then it was
0: uh, I believe it was a uh, KRS used it on one of them.
1: Oh yeah, this part.
0: Yeah, that part. And this this is another one of Dre's favorites. Everybody's favorite, if I'm correct. If I this is the same one. This no. Oh, get it. Yes, of course. Watch.
1: Yeah. One, two, three, four, get it! Everybody had a routine to this one too. This is one of the motherfuckers flex their skills out on this yes. one. With their doubles. See, you can tell that's where it was Luke. Because Break
0: Me Loop would say that he would actually loop it, but cut in tape. Yeah. You know, and make it a little bit longer for the DJs. It's crazy, the art of that. Yes, yes. How uh, much
1: they had to put into that.
0: Well, because, you know, today, you know, we have a laptop where we could just move shit around. He literally
1: razor blade. Sliced blades, it, yeah. Tape, and then play it back. To make a loop back in the days, that's what you had to do before all the technology with the drum machines and the samplers and all that stuff. People don't realize that the engineers back in the day, to be creative, they had to cut the reels and, and, and glue them together <laughs> for that loop to happen. I mean, hey, fuck. You know, They were talking about in um, a recording with Jimi Hendrix or Uh something like that, right? That that was like the first loop created. He did something where they they taped this one reel and it was a massive fucking taping where it it was like a train set type of thing where the fucking loop went all the way around the room because he had this one sound he wanted to get. And I think it was the the, the, the part where he's... um, there's a record where the sound is playing backwards.
0: Oh shit!
1: Yeah, and to do that, they had to loop it, and they had to run a loop all the way around the fucking studio room, and you know cutting and taping that that studio reel and running it backwards. So he played the shit in regular time, it, you know the right. way it's supposed to be played, but he played it as if he was gonna play it backwards, right? Right. So, what he was playing here on the guitar, he played the notes backwards. So when he ran the shit in a loop backwards, it sounded like he was playing it- Over. Forward. Wow. And he was the first, I think he was one of the first artists to create that. And uh, who, who knew that hip hop would use that technique on the loops in the beginning to create right,
0: that. Right. Right. And even think about that, even scratching the- the the, 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 the yeah. oh. Forward and backwards.
1: Crazy. This? run. Yes. DMC.
0: This was, this one and Rockbox was what got us an NTV.
1: Exactly. Ooh. Ooh. You know, and I would venture to say that Aerosmith did not know their shit was going to be on a breakbeat record, right? As big as they were, their oh, right. shit was on a breakbeat record. Right. Exactly. On a
0: breakbeat record. Let's see what this one is. Because each one of these had a fucking
1: guess what if a dj had to search for those sounds on these breakbeats they would never have found them because they would have been frustrated yes in the early days yeah. the fact that breakbeat lou had the insight to provide these little fucking breaks it made it so much easier for djs but it also made them enthusiasts like you know what i'm gonna find my own breaks. i'm gonna find my own breaks you're right you know if those hadn't existed Chances are, we would have heard hip hop being produced at least on the West Coast still on the keyboards and on those fucking TR eight hundred eight and all the, right. all that shit unless and, and and no samples and no breaks. Remember this? Yes.
0: CooJay, everybody. The Ripper. <laughs> Yo. Yep. Hey, man. Hello, CooJay.
1: One of the greatest. Yes.
0: Yes. He needs to
1: go into that fucking Hall of Fame. He's up for um, a nomination now. He's got nominated, and he's been nominated a few times, but he never gets inducted. And it's a fucking shame because... He has one of the best track records yes. of any hip hop artist in terms of each album and their sales and his outreach and being able to have a career outside of hip hop, transcending it. I mean, he's one of the greatest who ever did it. But the thing about Cool J that's different than any other rapper, uh-huh. right, that should be in the Hall of Fame one, you never hear what he was influenced by in his own shit he was very much original yes like what you heard from him it didn't sound like he was borrowing from anyone else right like it was all him right he's influenced many you know but you don't hear his influence in them it's a fucking crazy thing like a lot of us got our game like listening to LL Cool J like Oh, as a rapper, we gotta be as good as this fucking guy. Listen to the way he's shifting and flipping and all this other shit, right? And while us as MCs locked into that, the guys who wanted to sell records and not give a fuck about being credited as credited as a dope MC, they looked at he's selling records to the women, Drake got that formula better than anyone the motherfucker can spit lyrics and don't don't let the hype fool you drake is an mc but he knows who buys records is the women the women ll cool j figured that out before anyone and started talking to the women and i think that sort of halted you know the talks of him being one of the greats because he started selling records to the girls as opposed to making records for the dudes like he had been and realistically man he pioneered some shit he showed us the way it's just some of us were too stubborn to follow that shit but i mean b
0: what girl in high school did not know i need love i need love
1: i mean fuck man it it was like realistically the first hip-hop rap ballad
0: yeah right right now i'm gonna be real with you and i love i love ella cool j
1: i wasn't feeling that song thank you that's all i'm gonna say we weren't feeling that song but we didn't see what he was seeing like okay i'm gonna hit something different here I mean, and he made the first rap
0: ballad i mean when he first came out with ll cool j that was fucking hard but and then i hear when i'm alone when in, in my room, room
1: <laughs> i hear my conscience coming. <laughs> yeah you it know, just wasn't I mean, for us yeah you know it wasn't for us but you know he showed other motherfuckers elaine right. like if you weren't that hardcore dude if you didn't grow up on the streets and you were like that romeo type motherfucker right here's elaine for you and he showed that he showed that you could have elaine as a hardcore rapper or as the ladies man rapper he did right. both right but he started leaning more on the ladies man shit i mean you know he was doing shit before any of these dudes peeling off his shirt yes 12 pack fuck a six-pack 12 was rocking a 12-er yeah and like you know ripped and he showed sex appeal in in a business that at the time right you know that they could not we were this again the stepchild Mm -hmm. genre right but he came and fucking tore that shit apart and said here i am and he's still doing it still doing it and um he don't get enough credit, and he should be inducted, man. And motherfuckers need to get involved in that campaign. Yes, to get my man Gaze inducted. Gangsta boogie, gangsta boogie, am no, saying? And I agree, he Gaze should be inducted. Chuck Gaze D's been one of his biggest, biggest supporters in like pushing, you know, LL's induction. Because, I mean, when you think about it, man, I mean, for as long as he's been doing it and, and if you got him on the right album right now, right, 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 producers right now, he will still bust their ass with some shit. Yes. You know, so for me, I'm like, hey, man, what y'all waiting for? Induct LL Buje into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> you, 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 okay. This is,
0: uh, uh, I have favorite albums. I don't have favorite songs, you know, of LL. Yeah, yeah. But I'll tell you one that I love fucking bumping in the jam. I don't know what it is jingling
1: baby jingling baby you know even even his non-hard cuts his like just party cuts right he always managed to have a certain pocket yes a certain tone and his lyrical flip on it man like always clever yes you know and uh i mean him and krs1 man they're like two of the baddest motherfuckers ever and they definitely don't get enough credit you're right, you're right. I mean, KRS-One, okay. KRS-One,
0: rockham and Chuck D. Uh, when I say Chuck D, Public Enemy, of yeah. course, are like, to me, the epitome of hip-hop when it comes to hip-hop. Absolutely. Dude, fucking fight the power, bring the noise. I mean, I have to have all those lyrics to memorize.
1: Man, hey, look. I remember being at water the bush. Remember that? Yes, yes. In Africa, Islam was DJing, bro. He was so geeked on the fight the power song, bro. He must have brought back that line, "Elvis is a hero to most" about twenty times. Elvis is a hero to most. Elvis is a hero, hero to most. Elvis. Oh, oh. I'm like, fuck, dude. Let the record play. This shit is- I remember that. Oh my god, bro. He must have did. Uh, yeah like 20 chases of of elvis is a hero the most and everybody just stopped on the dance floor and they were looking at him like come on man okay. play the fucking song but you know right it's such an iconic line right motherfuckers could get caught up in it i've heard many djs get caught up in that line right him the most though yes. like i've never seen such an overindulgence of a spin back on the line like that bro that shit was like whoa
0: you know what's the other one that i heard where somebody was spinning it back like that remember um uh, they asked if i like arsenio about as much it as the bicentennial, bicentennial yep. and they would keep spinning it back and i was like oh shit bringing that up there was something that that you brought up that i didn't know okay on your podcast because while i iron yeah i watch your podcast absolutely yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay you mentioned that Steve Harvey has no love for hip hop. None,
1: zero. Zero. Okay, okay can you kind of like... Okay, so, you know, I worked at The Beat, right. 92.3 The Beat, doing the Soul Assassin mix show um, for three, four years down there. And uh, in that time, they had, um, when we started dead, what's them, uh, Jim, jim london james london something oh. london um and his crew doing the morning show he decided he didn't want to be there anymore because shit was changing right and his shit was not funny and he was dealing with big boy and they needed somebody to come compete with big boy and realistically at the time no in that market no one was going to compete with them. but they thought bringing in steve harvey would be the lick because he's a comedian Right. You know, and they thought he would just bring something to the table. Right.
0: Yeah, something different.
1: We knew him before he came through, obviously, because he was a famous comedian. But we also knew him because he was, you know, overtly against hip hop. He would speak against it. Oh, man, fuck that shit. That shit ain't music. It's this and that. And y'all don't know how to talk to women. And y'all be disrespecting the women and all this violent shit. Like, just look, keying in on all the negatives and not the positives like that there's groups like public enemy and krs one queen latifah and all these other rappers that are you know pumping positivity not just gangster shit, right he don't key in on none of that he's just keying in on the gangster shit right so just a negative outlook on hip-hop and whenever he spoke about it it was always negative so here the beat is bringing steve harvey in in the beat along with Power 106 who are competing, each other, competing against each other on where is the home of hip hop, okay. right? Um, uh, um, Power 106, with their tagline with Power 106, the home of hip hop or some shit like this, right? And 92.3, the beats tag would be um, 92.3, the beat, no color lines where hip hop lives, that type of shit, right? right and so here they bring in this dude who is totally anti-hip-hop wow and we were like man this shit contradicts what this station is about yeah. where hip-hop lives this is where hip-hop lives and you got a guy that is shitting on hip-hop every fucking chance he gets right and he still does it to this day whenever he gets a chance he will dog hip-hop like oh man that's some bullshit. it's non-original they don't know how to talk to women they don't know how to be like men and this and all this other shit it's like you're making money off this station, that's that's based off of Latinos and Black folks that love hip hop. That they specifically they don't listen to it for the R&B motherfucker. Don't get twisted, cause Theo and Julio G, and and those guys that were in the prime positions could tell you they were not listening for R&B. They were in there for the fucking hip hop shit. Right. And here they hired this fucking clown, right. And so you know we went with it you know we we what could we do we don't got we didn't have any power to say hey man fucking don't hire this guy yeah. they hired him and they quickly found out that that was a bad hire because he was alienating the fucking you know fan base that was there to listen to him talking shit on hip hop well all the people that are listening to you are hip hop fans hip-hop. and now they're not listening to you they're going over to big boy because he is you know, someone who raises up hip hop yeah. and lifts up hip hop and he's not dogging it and he's rolling with, and, uh, it was, it was horrible. So, you know, we were talking about Steve Harvey because he had just done something recently and went out of his way to make it about him and then dogging hip hop and some, and some shit that was like in a hip hop arena. Uh, no, it was, uh, the verses between, um, that just happened, uh, with, um, who was it, the Isley Brothers and someone else, right? He go, he went out of his way to dog hip-hop. You see hip-hop ain't got this type of swag and blah, blah, blah. You ain't go see fly songs like this on some hip-hop, man. You know, constantly shitting on our genre, man. So for me, I'm always like, fuck that dude. <laughs> he ain't even that funny.
0: I mean, here he is talking about something that saved our lives.
1: Yeah, he's exactly, okay, so. He's shitting on something that saved a lot of black and brown lives. Yes. And that should be something that he celebrates because you're a part of that in some, some indirect way because motherfuckers always tie music and comedy and sports and all this other shit together. It's all sort of like melded because a lot of comedians are fucking hip-hop fans. Yeah. yeah. You know, and they come from those neighborhoods where, where hip-hop was birthed right they were also a part of it in an indirect way and here this dude is shitting on the genre that saved a lot of us man so a lot of us are looking at him like you know what fuck you and the goddamn horse you rode in on you ain't even that funny (laughs) you know and the fact that you know he's botched a couple of important moments we celebrated that you know like when he fucking came in with the wrong miss america and (laughs) that dumbass and a bunch of other shit, man. Fuck that dude, you okay. know? Okay.
0: Uh, um, hypothetical scenario. You get a phone call. What the fuck is this? Yo, what up, B? This is Steve Harvey. I'm trying, <laughs> to, come out.
1: I'm
0: trying to come out on uh, Dr. Green thumb because I heard you talking about me.
1: Uh, I, I would do it. You would do it? He'd have his ass on. And then, like, let's just have a fucking conversation. Right. And I know, hey listen, it's hard to cut with comedians. This is what they do. They cut, but rappers cut too.
0: Right, right, right.
1: You know, and this ain't about a comedy bit. This is a conversation. So as witty as you think you are, so are we. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And we come from the same place you come from, buddy. As I would venture to say, some of us come from harder places than that dude's ever seen. Yeah. Because everybody's got a story, right? Of course. We We all have a story. And some of our stories are, are worse than others. Yeah. And I would dare him to come in some of the places that some of us grew up in. Right. As hard as you say you had it. Right.
0: What is he doing A Family
1: feud or some bullshit like that? Family feud. So he got a real nice right now. <laughs> he ain't known a hard life in years. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The only thing I'm gonna
0: say about him that I can't stand is fucking smile. But anyways. Yeah. Um, I mean,
1: I, I respect what he's done as a com- comedian. You know what I mean? Because that takes a grind. That takes work. It takes the hours. You know what I'm saying? Scratch. A scratch. Oh, movie. shit. See, that's what we mean
0: today. This generation doesn't know when we say, you sound like a broken record.
1: There it is. With Steve Harvey sounds like a broken record. Okay. Because he's still harping on that old bullshit. It's like, find something new to talk about, Mike. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and if he were to come on my show, I would directly ask him, what is your fucking problem with hip-hop? I don't got a problem with your whack-ass comedy. I don't go out of my way to dog it. Like, what's your problem with hip-hop? Right, right. You know, look, here's the thing. Michael Jordan didn't like hip-hop. He hated the shit. Uh Uh-huh hated it for all those who wear his shoes i got some on right now but the motherfucker hated hip-hop me too so i got some on too we all praised him because yes his abilities on the court yeah we didn't give a fuck if he liked this or not right right it's 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 sort of the same fucking principle you know we you could love him for his ability but you don't have to love him as a person and his views. so i respect um, Steve Harvey and what he's been able to accomplish as a man getting behind this craft. But his views uh-huh. can suck my dick. <laughs> <laughs> on hip hop. On hip hop. Right, right, right,
0: specific. right, right, right. Okay. Hold on, I want to play one more break record. This was one of my... This is one that Ice ske- Cube didn't take for me because I actually had it in the same <laughs> sleeve. I had two
1: of them. <laughs> he wasn't oh. able to get that yeah, one he wasn't off. not huh?
0: that one. But this one has this. Who would have thought this would have ended up on a on a break, break beat?
1: I got to get with Cute man. He just got into the cannabis game with this with this new shit, you man. You got to come see me, What's man. What's it called,
0: man? America's Most Wanted?
1: No, he's got some shit called... Um, he's doing work with Caviar Gold. Okay. And um, they've been putting out a line of products. No shit. Know, under cute with, you know, Pomona. He's finally in the game, baby. Oh, yeah. You know, a lot of motherfuckers ask me, like, how come I've never used this? Really? Yeah. Because it's to be real, right? So, like, how come you've never used that? And I always thought, you know, well, one, Muggs never put it together, right? He's right. never used it. Two, to it's, it's too easy for me to use that. You right, know what I'm right, saying? Right, it's, right. it's like off the backboard, I could <laughs> fucking slam that. So I've always been trying to challenge myself. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. But before I go on this earth, I'ma rock on that fucking Hell song. Yeah. To be real, <laughs> you know.
0: Oh yeah, that's the song right there on the, the outro. outro. <laughs> you know, you know when I hear this song, <laughs> I'ma tell you right now. What it reminds me of, right off the bat. Remember Carlito's way?
1: Yeah. When he walks
0: in, he sees this girl. sitting yes. around her death. All hanging out. Like,
1: oh, that was an yeah. ice cold movie. Yeah. But yeah, it does remind me of that i love I, lo- I love that movie that's man. crazy how they were partying back then you couldn't do that in the hip-hop club. no no no, oh, no 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 man that was i've seen some of the grammy shit happen in hip-hop clubs i remember in 90 i'm gonna say maybe 91 92 i was at the tunnel and okay. this was a, a popping hip-hop club all the fucking pioneers all the who's who of hip-hop would be there uh-huh it was so grimy they made you take your shoes off before you walked in to check your shoes and socks to make sure you weren't carrying a filero a something. Filletto, a box cutter any kind of little fucking blade right because a lot of them would put it under their tongue oh shit. you know what i mean like the little little blades like uh that go in the the, the pro shavers right they'd put it up under here but some motherfuckers would be hiding them in their timberlands and shit and so to come in that club to make sure no one was getting slashed or drugs being sold, they made you take off your Timbo's or your shoes to, to check your fucking shoes to go in the club, dog. Wow. And if you had steel toes, can't come in.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And so the one of the nights, one of the many nights we went there, this dude and this chick were arguing. And she was, you know, New York chicks are aggressive, man. They have to be in your face like a motherfucker, especially the Boriquas, right? Yes. And this chick was in this dude's face and he was like, ah, boom, he fucking fired on her, dropped her. Every motherfucker in the club chased this dude out. They could not catch him, though. He was fast as fuck. He zipped out, but they were all trying to get at him. But that you know that wouldn't have happened at a regular regular club. right this right 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 fucking grimy hip-hop club man it, the shit that would happen in there man um wow because you wouldn't see that happen in a normal club right 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 right, right. Ain't, wasn't trying to knock a chick out this dude straight up knocked this chick out in front of everybody and then bolted the fuck out because he knew he was about to get stomped out <laughs> i don't know if he ever got caught cuz it was like a like a lightning strike. It was that fast. Boom and out.
0: Oh shit.
1: But only in a hip hop club would you see some shit like that.
0: Right, 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 right. You right, wouldn't right.
1: see that in one of these popish clubs or anything like that cuz they're all just trying to like pick up on each other. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? And you know they on the other shit.
0: I'm going to play you one this one right here. See if you remember this one. Oh yeah. I'm, play the, I'm gonna play the break part right here, watch. Oh, yeah. You know who cut this motherfucker up right here? Jazzy Jeff. Jazzy Jeff, yeah. Oh, my Jassy God. Jazzy
1: Jeff,
0: yeah. The inventor of the transformation. Oh, shit. You sound like a broken record. <laughs> you sound
1: like a broken record.
0: See, today it would be, you sound like a a glitched MP3. Yeah.
1: You sound like a glitched um, audio file. Okay. It's an audio file now, right? <laughs> MP3, wave.
0: B, I'm trying to keep you here, trying to keep you on time with your schedule. With that being said, here's what I'm going to do. I want to introduce you to my artist. Okay, when I say my artist, I, I, I'm speaking of mine and my my friend Jeff here. Word. Uh, he manages him. He is from uh, uh, what city? You from, brother? North Hollywood. North Hollywood. Okay. Why don't you come up. Stand behind him real fast. I just want to give everybody give him an introduction. Uh, This is Mr. D right here, that's B-Real, and his single, hopefully, and video will be dropping in uh, mid-June.
1: Dope. Yeah,
0: he's the guy that brought me out of retirement.
1: You know, it sometimes takes that, man. Yes. You know what I mean? Because... You have all this experience and all this knowledge on how to put tracks together, right? Yeah. And I'm sure many motherfuckers throughout time has been like, hey, man, how come you don't get back on? Right. And it all it always takes a spark because it ain't never going to be when people are asking you to come back on and right. do some shit. Right. It's going to be on your terms. Right. And usually it's when you get inspired by something. Uh, all I'm going
0: to say is that when we come out, I truly believe that we're going to make a noise and we're going to make a difference in today's
1: game that's what's up man that's what it's all about absolutely you know putting out something that's going to be impactful that people are going to relate to yeah and fuck with it and and you know god willing it's timeless like it'll 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 transcend the 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 time and, and it'll get passed down from generation to generation yes like let's just say like parliament funkadelic right yeah that was slightly before our time but it got passed down to us yes. through motherfuckers who said, hey, man, you want to listen to some real shit? Check this out. Yeah. And that's that's real music. Yes. D, anything you want to say?
0: If not, we're good, on me. No, I, I just want to say thank you, you know, for the opportunity. You got it. You know? Like, I always say, you know, I'm always on for the situations I'm all good, my brother.
1: That's what's All up, good. man. All right, thank you, bro. It's good to so, it's good to be humble, man, because yeah, that yeah. keeps you
0: in the game with everybody. Absolutely. Uh, uh, you know what? Let me bring one other artist in here. All good. And this person, come here, Drea. You you cool? Yeah. Drea and her manager drove down from Fresno to be a part of this. Come step yeah. over here.
1: What's up, Drea? What's up? What's
0: up? How are you? She's coming out with a video soon, right? Yeah, I'm gonna be dropping within the next uh, week or so. Uh, we just got done shooting a few days ago. The um, audio just got mixed and mastered. So we're yeah. And um, we'll like I said, we'll be dropping it within next week. So. And I'm she shot. Sure He's actually going to be in it as well because I shot it here.
1: Oh shit. yeah, she had a rodeo making makeup, appearances too. Yeah, all just right, a little bit. Just a, little a little day. Day. we, you know, we got to keep network. We're all here for each other. We're all here to help each other and have each other grow in any way that we possibly can. That's how I see it. That's right. All good. So hey, thank you for being here. Girl. Thank you. I really appreciate it. The, 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 I appreciate you guys for having me here, and I just want to say you're a fucking legend, man. That's right. Hey man, there's nothing like you know putting it together with people and and creating a team and creating a vibe because that's where it all starts man you know a vibe and and when you have individuals that are on the same page about shit and they they look at 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 things in the same way and you have a common goal man it's it's a beautiful thing
0: it's a beautiful thing with that being said b i know we gotta end it because i'm gonna keep you on time but you said you'll be back so hell
1: yeah i'm gonna be back (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna stay the full (laughs) Uh, The full ride Oh yeah He'll be in for the long haul Yes I'm going to be in For the long haul On the next one And you know We'll set it up Around the the, the release Of my album Yes Because right now I just put two singles out Into the world Which is uh, uh, Triple OG Featuring um, Freeway And and, uh, Mother Mary Featuring DJ Paul Of Three Six Mafia Both produced by Scott Storch Dope The entire album Is produced by Scott Storch It's called Let me tell you something and it's coming out in July. I've been sitting on this shit for a long time because when I was working on it, I didn't have shit going on, right? Like I had this this space of time where, you know, I, I, I was off the road from Cyprus and Prophets of Rage and, and recording from Burner r- with, with Burner, right? Right. So I had this little bit of time and I rocked it. After I finished this recording, set these these sessions, shit just started piling up on me. So, you know, I I kept missing where i wanted to release it at so finally like i slowed everything down after uh you know with the pandemic happening and then after the los medals album with yes the burner i slowed everything down and said you know what i'm gonna concentrate on putting this shit out in in 2021 and actually getting the release date and fucking knocking it out and and the thing about this one is that we put out we're putting out pre-rolls with us right oh shit! so the first pre-roll is uh with my man wonder brett who is one of the leading brands in, in, in cannabis right now in terms of flavors. And we put out this thing called uh, Pineapple OZK. Mm. And that, that pre-roll comes with a card. That card has like the, the code to download the two songs from that album. So if anybody wants to like smoke out and listen to the songs, Fuck yeah. they can fucking do that. So on the next single, there'll be a different flavor. And on the third single, a different flavor. And then when the album finally comes out, We'll be having, you know, an insane brand flavor attached to the album so that they can experience the music with the cannabis that we curated for the, for the whole shit. Hell yeah.
0: I don't, I don't smoke, but I still say hell yeah.
1: I'm going to send you a pre-roll anyway, <laughs> just so you can have it. <laughs>
0: okay. Now at this time, well, so it drops in July. So, hopefully so in
1: July, I'm going to come back absolutely uh, the, what like before the release i'm gonna come back like right he- before oh yeah hell we'll, we'll, we'll schedule it out
0: hell yeah and here's what i'm gonna do I, I got two baseballs brand new i'm gonna have you sign i would like to have you sign let me ask you first we'll do that and here's what i'm gonna do uh sunday when i have my guest here uh we're gonna be taking calls and uh, uh we want to give them away to the fans yeah i'm, I'm not gonna try it. i want to give them away to the fans. Oh, good so, i got you so all good so Sunday.
1: That's what's uh, up.
0: Other than that my brother anything you want to promote? I know you promoted your, your album
1: or, or shout outs? So. Yeah I just, just want to shout out everybody who you know checked check this out today man it's all about the fans it's all about the love and shit like that. You can check out the music it's available on all platforms. There's also a, a new Cypress Hill song out there called Champion Sound produced by DJ I mean by Black Milk uh-huh. and uh, that the, that new album is coming out next year all produced by black milk and uh we're you know we're excited about that but we got a lot of shit popping off go to cypress Hill.com for information on cypress hill and uh you know come check out the dr green thumb show when you get the chance you know what i'm saying we always getting lit out there i could tell <laughs> <laughs> i got a contact high when i was there my brother <laughs> oh yeah but,
0: but, you know but that was cool i think i could deal with that over I think last time you said somebody Spicoli did.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. So Peter Dante, right? He's in the Grandma's Boy movie. He's in a lot of uh, he's in a lot of movies that Adam Sandler produces. Right. He's always like the the dude, dude, right? And this guy came, comes into the smoke box for the first time. We don't know if you know he's for real or not. So we roll him regular joints. You know what I'm saying? We didn't think to roll him big old fat finger joints. We rolled him a little, uh, you know, regular joint. To, to have mercy on him Shit. this motherfucker was you know doing the jeff spicoli fast times at richmond high <laughs> like the whole joint just slow like doing that in one hit we're like oh fuck. we're gonna need to roll more weed for this right motherfucker. right, right. <laughs> and, and the coolest dude ever man he's, he's one of the coolest motherfuckers, man good heart but he's a stoner king. This motherfucker yes, yes. can get high like crazy, and it doesn't even seem affected by it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, really quick, Larry, come in real fast. That's our bartender right there. Larry, What's come up, in. Larry, yo yo. Yeah, uh, just go ahead and give your name, my brother. Hey, my name is Larry. Um, I represent a Hideaway
1: Social Club, a little home bar, and all that. You know, I may have people coming down from uh, around the neighborhood. So.
0: Yo, he's being humble, but his fucking drinks are fire.
1: Hey, nah, they, Fuck with Larry. Because, <laughs> you know, these when dubs cry, a.k.a. purple <laughs> rain. rain. You see those tears? At, you see uh, tears my, yeah, I got the glasses on because I'm hiding the tears. You know, they're purple. Uh, um, oh, yeah. I'm
0: glad you guys enjoyed them. And, you know, thank you for letting me come up here and make drinks for y'all. I appreciate that. Thank and you. And, that. Thank and the you. shots. Well, you know what? You'll be rocking. back when. Absolutely, absolutely. Absolutely. Most
1: absolutely, definitely. Yes, yeah. Oh, you. yeah. We're going to schedule that shit in. Yep. We'll, we'll lock the date in. Uh, hell yeah. Hell, hell yeah. Thank you, my brother. Thank you.
0: Uh, but that you be- got to
1: come back too, you got to come back on this show too. Okay, okay. Yeah, you gotta you just a-
0: let me know. Yeah. Uh, in June, we're going to drop our single. I would like to bring my boy. Hell yeah. Mr. D. So. Let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. Bye
1: bye. It's all love.
0: Other than that, remember this shit? Yeah. True mathematics.
1: True mathematics. Only for the money.
0: Yeah. So, with that being said, let me give a shout out to my boy, Anthony. I'm a buzz, so I'm buzzed right now, so I hope I remember Anthony for driving this ship. Uh, once again, to Robert, Drea, Julian, my niece Denise, Norma, Omar, DJ O-boy, and you gotta introduce the lady, Jaime?
1: Patricia.
0: Patricia, okay. Alex, Cervantes, come here real fast. It's his birthday, everybody. So happy we gotta say happy birthday. Happy birthday, happy, you. birthday. Happy, happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> he got fucked up. Fucked so, <laughs> up. Larry once again Let me give a shout out to Ponce Okay And uh Is there anybody else out there? So my son be scandalous. Yeah my son be scandalous. And who the fuck, the fuck I don't wanna miss anybody Damn I know I'ma get
1: whipped For this one But uh, I know how that goes dog We get all smoked out And forget motherfuckers
0: <laughs> Sorry this, Yeah just if I forget But Jen Fashion Town Much love Much respect to you guys Um uh, And uh Fuck we're out uh, I know I'm forgetting one person. Fuck. Okay, well, much love. Please forgive me. And we're out of here. See you next time in July, B. (laughs) Muchas gracias. Thank you, brother. Yes, sir.